instead of thinking about what should I be doing? What could I do? What am I doing that I'm not doing? And just kind of beating yourself up because you're not motivated enough. Just simply ask yourself, what do I want to do? And what is coming from my heart and pulling me forward? And if you connect to that inspiration, motivation will follow and you won't have to worry about it at all. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm here today with Joanne Mallon. Joanne's the author of several books, uh, two that I want to mention today that can really help you guys as far as health in the real world, Change Your Life in Five Minutes Per Day and How to Find Joy in Five Minutes Per Day. Joanne, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Chris. Thank, thank you for uh, inviting me to talk to you today. You're very welcome. I really appreciate the titles of these books and just the concept of wanting to help people in just bite-sized increments. Uh, let us know a little bit about how you, how did you come about that? How, how, how did you get down to five minutes and what really drove you to, to start writing these books? Well, to be honest with you, Chris, it was initially um, the publisher came to me because they knew that I, I had a background in journalism before I got into coaching and I had already written some other books. And the publisher approached me initially with the idea of this change your life in five minutes a day. But I have to say, though, their initial email to me went into my spam folder and it, it just happened. I must have been like a Monday afternoon. There can't have been very much happening. Things were obviously not good in the world of uh, Joanne's coaching life that I happened to go into my spam folder to see if there was something interesting there. And sure enough, there was this not only one email from a publisher saying, please, will you write this book? But also another email from about three weeks later saying, hey, did you get our first email? Because they sometimes go into spam. So if I hadn't looked in my spam folder that particular Monday afternoon, I would never have ended up writing these books. And in a way to me, that sort of encapsulates a lot of what the books are, are about, that our lives do turn on very small moments. And so it's perfectly possible to make a massive change in your life in five minutes. Some, most of the time you don't even need five minutes because I think it's in the moment where people decide to make a change that's where their change starts. It's a bit like if somebody's training, if somebody's working out with you, yes, you could say that person's changing their life by exercising during that hour or however long it is, but really that change started the moment they decided that they were going to exercise or they decided that they were going to contact you and book in a session. So our, our lives are full of these just very small moments and depending on what decision we make, 
we can go one way or another and have very different outcomes. I agree. I agree. I think life is in those moments. And, and I think as you were talking, I was just thinking about the, the whole concept of five minutes and that it, it does take just one moment. It takes one moment to snap you back into that feeling that you had maybe like, you know, you know, like new year's resolution season where everyone mm-hmm. is very determined, very motivated, very, you know, I want to change my life. And you know, in what are we in? We're in April now. April 5th recording this and and those moments are maybe a little harder to come by but I was just thinking that if you're in the habit of taking the five minutes reading your book maybe it takes five minutes to find that moment right and then all of a sudden somebody's in that state again and they're like oh yeah yeah I remember why I was doing this and I think that could be the power of those five minutes too because I agree with you it is it is in the moments though right one moment at a time I I find, Chris, I don't know if you um, find this um, in the personal training world, but for me as a coach, I always get a big influx of new clients in September, more so even than January, because it's uh, September's got this kind of new term feeling to it. But also people often have just come off a summer holiday and they come out of their summer holiday and come back into the same old life. And they're thinking, oh, my God is this it? Is this all there is? I need to make some changes. And so that that's a, a big time I find for change. New Year's resolutions, I feel just don't work because yeah. the, the truth is that nobody woke up today becoming exactly a different person to who they were yesterday. And right. so to say that you're going to suddenly plan to become a completely different person tomorrow is just unrealistic. That's not how life works. But if you make small changes, they absolutely will make a difference over time. So I would always encourage people to just pick one or two small things that you absolutely will do rather than setting yourself some big massive goal that you're just never going to achieve and you're going to forget about by, in two weeks time. Right. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, uh, iterations, right? You, you constantly iterate and and tweak like, oh, I can get a little bit better in this way and I can get a little bit better in this way. And the, yeah, the process is really the goal, right? The, the mm. five minutes per day and I'm becoming a better version of myself and I can look back on a month, three months, a year behind me and see like, oh, wow, I've really come a long way with these five minutes a day. I find it's a big thing in in coaching. Um, At the end of every coaching session, you set um, with the client, you decide some kind of homework, something that they're going to do between then and the next time that you speak with them. And I find sometimes clients are very keen to set some massive amount of homework that I can just tell from listening to them. They're never going to do that. You know, they're going to they're telling me they're going to go to the gym five times a week. And they went maybe never last week. It's just not going to happen. So I often have to talk them down into setting a smaller, more achievable goal. They definitely will do because then they have the success of that. And the energy of that success is what will propel them into those bigger changes. But if you start by wanting to just get to the top of the mountain and that's the only place that that counts, um, you'll, you'll just you'll just miss out. You'll probably stumble along the wayside and, and then, then you'll have the disappointment and the failure to deal with and, 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 uh, and not the energy that will keep you going and get you to the top of that mountain. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm right there with you with the small baby steps. I wrote a book called Go to the Gym. And I think I said in there that, you, you know, don't, don't worry about working out. Just like put on your workout gear and go to the gym. Like 
sit in the locker room for five minutes or, you know, take a shower or something like literally just walk into the gym and walk out. That's a victory because that is one step past what you did yesterday, you know, for somebody who hasn't worked out in a long time or, or something like that, but it's, it's a very achievable step. Very That's easy. it. I, I think it's, um, it's setting yourself those achievable steps that make a difference. Yeah. I, I have a, a personal um, goal that I set myself gosh, over, te over 10 years ago now that um, every year I aim to go to the gym 150 times. Oh. And I work that out by thinking of three times a week, 50 weeks of the year, and I can have two weeks off for good behavior. And exactly as you said, my goal with that is just to walk in through the door. I don't really care what I do when I get there. Of course, when I get there, I think, well, I'm here now, I might as well do something. But as long as I kind of have it, have it you know, set in my mind that as long as I walk in through that door, that's absolutely fine. But it's making it achievable. Um, and I, th I think I settled on that particular goal because my actual goal was to get fit. But the problem with having wanting to get fit as a goal is it's completely different for each person. One person's definition of being fit might be that they could run a marathon. But for another person, just walking a mile might be a huge achievement. For them and so it's such an impossible goal you can't really define it so how do you know when you ever reach it whereas if you say something specific like i am going to go to the to the gym door three times this week or one time this week or 150 times a year as i do it then it's a very specific thing that you can tick off you're either doing it or not doing it i always encourage people to try and find a way to put a number on what you're doing so just, not just vaguely saying oh, I'll try and go for a walk or, um, you know, I'll try and, and uh, apply for three jobs this week. Have a very, very specific number that you can, you're either doing or you're not doing. And, and that makes it much more easy to achieve because you've defined what your goal is. Right. And, it, and I like that how you're, you've almost set their goals, but they're really more like tasks as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so anybody can just look at your behavior and see whether or not you've been doing it. Nobody, they don't have to be a professional trainer. They don't have to be a doctor. They could just say, oh, did Joanne walk in the door? Yep, check that box. And what's great about creating goals like this, I think is that, again, going back to what I was saying about iterating, you know, it's, it's constant improvement to get to where you really wanna be. Because if you, your original goal was, I wanna get fit. And you have sort of pinpointed that one way to get fit is just, I just need to go into the gym 150 times a year. If it turns out after a little bit of time, you're like, you know what? It seems like walking in the gym isn't leading to my goal. I'm, this is just an example because I'm sure it is. But uh, in that case, you would say, okay, let me see if I can tweak that little task a little bit. Maybe I need to walk in the gym and half of those days I need to walk into the cardio room or whatever you're doing. And then you, then you've just, you've just sort of like created a little nuance and now you can track those. But again, it's very trackable. It's like, did I hit my target or not? Um, and, and then, yeah, you fast forward through the rest of the year. And of course, somebody who walks in the gym 150 times is going to be fit because that's just what happens. You're in the gym. It's just in the water over there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I guess what we're both talking about is making it specific. I think for me, the problem with the traditional um, thinking about goals is it's all about the end point. But the end point is often very far away and you're on the journey towards that end point for 
a heck of a long time. So you have to make that fun and interesting and achievable along the way. Otherwise, you're, you're never going to get there at the end. And easy, I think I think as easy as, as easier you make it, the, the more likely it is to happen. Yeah, yeah. Easy, fun, something that you can kind of weave into your actual life, right? And it's not, you don't have to become a different person to, to do it. Because that'll create momentum, right? Like if you you get momentum, you're walking into the gym three days a week for the next month, two, three, four, five months, you start to feel good about yourself, you get momentum, and then that goal just starts to happen automatically. Well, this is why things like involving other people in your goals really helps to bring on momentum. Like I, I started going to a, a hula fit class on a Monday night. So I'm doing hula hooping is my, is my Monday night activity. And I go with my neighbor and she knocks on my door. So I can't avoid really going to this hula fit class because I, I know my neighbor is going to be knocking on my door at 7.15 every Monday night. Uh, but equally, I, I work with a lot of writers. Um, I, I think I mentioned I tend to coach creative people, people in media, an, an awful lot of writers. And it's it's difficult for writers, particularly if you've not been published yet, and that is your goal that you want to get published. So I will encourage people to do things like um, arrange to meet a friend for lunch in a month and tell them you're going to show them the first two chapters of your novel. Now, you maybe haven't written the first two chapters of that novel yet, but you're right. then building in a deadline, a kind of an artificial deadline. And I think in general, telling other people about the thing that you want to achieve, bringing them into the conversation, uh, it, that really adds to the energy of it. And again, makes it more likely to happen because it's not just dependent on you and whether you feel like doing it that particular day. There's other people asking you how you're getting on with it. Right. hundred percent. So, so we have just to recap, we have, um, small day, daily or weekly actions, fun, measurable, easy, mm. bringing on other people. Are there anything else that you can think of that, that really sort of helps people achieve those goals in a very manageable way? Um, one great technique, um, which has been discovered by a psychologist called BJ Fogg, who's written a wonderful book called Tiny Habits, which you might know. He talks in there about hooking on a new habit to something you already do. So if you think about the things that you naturally do throughout your day, like brushing your teeth or getting in the shower or walking into your kitchen, putting your feet on the floor, think about the new habit that you want to add in and think about where that can where that can attach to something you're already doing in your day. So for, for me, I wanted to start a daily gratitude habit because I found that when I was talking about this whole thing of um, making small changes, when I would do talks and workshops with groups, I'd always ask them to tell me um, what was working for them. And I found that everybody would tell me that gratitude again and again and again, they said having a daily gratitude habit was the best thing for helping you to feel more positive. And so I thought, yeah, well, this gratitude is clearly working. I'm, I'm going to bring this into my life. So then I thought, what is my daily habit that I can attach that to? So it's ended up that when I'm in the shower in the morning, that's when I think of three things that I'm grateful for coming up that day. And then I realized, well, if gratitude's so good, I'm going to, I'm going to do this twice. I'm going to double up on this habit. So what I do now is at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, because again, that's a habit that's already happening every day. When my head hits the pillow at night, I think about three things that I'm grateful for in that particular day that's just happened. So I think if you can always look for where is something already happening 
then hook hook your new habit onto that, you'll find that it's suddenly the, the two become entwined and you don't have to think about it so much. Right. As you were talking, I was thinking of um, Pavlov's dog and that experiment. And all he did was associate two seemingly unrelated, you know, uh, behaviors, you know, the ringing of a bell and the getting food right for the dog. And you're kind of doing the same thing. And I, I tell people this a lot that we are, we're animals, right? You can train yourself like you train a dog. Um, I mean, you, you have certain things that when this happens, you get in the shower, automatically your body starts thinking of gratitude, your brain, because you've trained it. Your head hits the pillow, gratitude. Um, I did the same thing and same thing with gratitude. And I, I paired it with my gym routine because I've been, a, I've been an exerciser since I was five years old. I started playing soccer, baseball. And, um, and so it's just ingrained. Like if I, even if I'm traveling, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll just go running. I don't even think about it. So I did the same thing. I hooked uh, gratitude to my gym habit. And as I'm walking to the weights or whatever I'm about to do that, it, and now it's to the point where I start thinking of everything I'm grateful for. And so I, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent that the t it's the tiny habits. It's just saying, Hey, I'm already doing this. Let me hook this extra thing to it. And this extra thing. Have, have you always been interested in, in kind of that, the self-improvement area or has there been like a, an event in your life that happened that kind of forced you into that arena or what was that well, backstory? I mean, not so much in, in my early life. I come from um, Northern Ireland and I, I grew up there um, at the height of the troubles and um, certainly looking within yourself and personal development is really at the time was not a thing that Irish people did at all. But um, I, I went on to work in TV. I was a TV producer for about 10 years and I was kind of coming to the end of all of that and looking for something else to do. And as, as part of your job as a TV producer, you um, you read lots of newspapers and magazines. And at the time, this new thing called life coaching was appearing in the UK and getting loads and loads of coverage everywhere. And there was particularly a woman called Fiona Harold who had written a book called Be Your Own Life Coach. And she was from Northern Ireland. And th this was astonishing to me to see her being quoted because at the time you only ever saw people from Northern Ireland in the news if they were talking about the troubles it was like there was nothing else that we were interesting enough to be asked about right. and so I really paid attention to the things that she was saying and I got really interested in the whole world and I actually think now that was maybe my future self calling to me saying come and you know be be involved in this whole world and I, I just I, I made a, a decision it's over 20 years ago now because I've been coaching um quite quite a long time um I just decided that tv wasn't doing it for me and I wanted to work with maybe less people but in making more meaningful change in their lives I was working in breakfast tv Chris so it's kind of like just moving wallpaper in the background and I just yeah, right. thought that is not where I want my energy to go um but I'm yeah I, th I think I made the right choice nice that's fantastic well uh Joanne I like to end the show with a a very big picture question uh you're going to give a motivational speech to a graduating class at a university or maybe uh maybe at a corporation your motivational speech is how I think you can get the most out of life so what in in about a minute or so what what would you tell those uh listeners 
Okay, so so would this be a good time to mention that I'm not a huge fan of motivation, particularly? <laughs> well, I tell you, it, who I, I am. It a could fan also of. be I, an I, insightful speech. It doesn't have to be like the rah rah, but I, I, I love. Yeah. Um, do you know Dr. Wayne Dyer? The I do. I love American Dr. writers. Sadly, no longer with us. Yes. Often referred to as the father of motivation, but um, I happened to I saw saw him speak a few times in in London, and he frequently said that. Motivation is when you get hold of an idea, whereas inspiration is when an idea gets hold of you. And this is why I'm much more a fan of inspiration rather than motivation. Inspiration is all about the light inside you moving you forward. Inspiration is an energy, whereas with motivation, you have to somehow create the energy externally. And this is why it's so hard for people to get motivated, because you're having to constantly do that and make it happen. And, and, you know, it can have its place and you can use incentives, whether you're a carrot or a stick kind of person. But generally, I think if you are struggling with motivation, it's probably better if you try and connect to inspiration instead. So instead of thinking about what should I be doing? What could I do? What am I doing that I'm not doing? And just kind of beating yourself up because you're not motivated enough. Just simply ask yourself, what do I want to do? And what is coming from my heart and pulling me forward? And if you connect to that inspiration, motivation will follow and you won't have to worry about it at all. Yeah, if you need to be motivated, then you haven't been inspired yet. I guess. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Joanne, thank you so much. How do people get the book? How do they get in touch with you or learn more? Well, my website is under my, my own name. So that's joannemallon.com, J-O-A-N-N-E-M-A-L-L-O-N.com. The books are on wherever you buy books. Some of them are in America. I don't think they're all, they're all, all in America, but they're in, in various parts of the world. I would love it if people would come and listen to my five minute long podcast, which is called Five Minutes to Change Your Life. Um, that draws on a lot of the material out of the book. If you listen to enough of the podcast, you don't actually need to need to buy the books. Um, <laughs> but yeah, come, come and see me. And I'm on um, Instagram, Twitter, under my name, at Joanne Mallon. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Great. Well, again, this is Joanne Mallon, Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke. Joanne, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for to learn more.